Well, praise the Lord. We're going to make our way back to our seats. Amen. We're going to go ahead and move forward in the remainder of this service this morning. And momentarily will be afternoon. We're, we're excited for everybody that is here with us this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's great to see everybody this morning. And uh, hopefully many of you brought some umbrellas to be able to avoid getting wet when you go outside to your cars here in a few moments. But uh, why don't we stand to our feet one more time? We're going to uh, we're I'm not going to be long. You're probably going to be by the time you get done here, they get tired of hearing my voice. I teach and sing and, uh, and talk for a few moments this morning. Uh, but uh, I want us to just pray really for a, for a few moments. Amen. That God would direct the rest of the service. Uh, we're not going to be a long time here. Uh, we'll probably be getting out of here uh, shortly. Uh, but I want God to talk to us just for a few moments. Could you help me pray that God would help our minds, that God would help our attention and our hearts to be able to receive whatever he has for us. God, we thank you, Lord, one more time in this place. We pray, God, a prayer of unity in this place. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to unite us as one body, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the Holy Ghost, Lord, to make the difference in this place right now, Lord. Without you, God, we can do nothing, Lord. But with you, all things are possible, Lord. All things are possible to them that believe. And we believe this morning, Lord. We believe your word today. In Jesus' name, speak to us, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want to uh, turn your attention briefly to the book of uh, Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read a verse that we read uh, a few moments ago. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. And uh, I was, as I was preparing for uh, the, the lesson this morning, uh, and you know, we're, it's a lot of, you know, stuff you're confronting and teaching and you're dealing with issues. And, but uh, I, the part of me felt like, you know what, uh, this lesson doesn't really finish on a high note. And I kind of like to finish on a higher note than about all the, the negative things we got to deal with instead of you know, feeling like, man, I got a, I got a battle on my hands. Uh, but I want to leave you with this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. If you haven't, say amen. amen. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Say that with me. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth or warreth against the Spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. And verse number 25, it reads it like this. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. And uh, I just want to talk for a few moments about walking in the spirit. Amen. And what the Spirit of God is. And I don't really have a fancy title, so don't try and put it down, Sergina. Uh, I, I love it when sometimes preachers give you a whole sentence of a title and you're like, how do I digest that? But uh, you can be seated for a few moments and we're going to just talk about uh, ways in which we can overcome uh, the flesh. Uh, we talked for a few moments about all of the different issues and uh, things that the carnal nature will deal with. In the course of living this life and the different things you were going to battle and struggle with. 
But there is a secret, and I'm and I by doing what we're doing here right now, we're kind of skipping ahead a couple of lessons in the Sunday morning Bible class and kind of you know turning to the back of the, the book, if you will, and reading how the story ends. But uh, there is a secret to living for God, and the secret is found here in the book of Galatians that we read a moment ago. If ye Live in the, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The only way that we're going to be able to overcome the things that our fleshly nature wants to do is if we are filled with His Spirit. If we are walking in the Spirit, and if we are staying full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What is the Holy Ghost, though? What, is, what does that mean to walk in the Spirit? What does that look like? Does that look like Casper flowing, flowing through the air? And you're thinking, that's what I got. I got to kind of be like Casper and my little white sheet and, and no legs. And just kind of hovering over the ground and floating and be this little celestial being. That, that's not what it means to walk in the spirit and to live in the spirit. But what it means is to be able to, to constantly throughout the course of your day uh, live in such a way that the spirit of God that is inside of you is not quenched. And when you have uh, you make time throughout your day, you pray and you don't just pray to pray the Lord's prayer and to, to pray a cute prayer, but you pray till you're talking in other tongues and you're filled with the Spirit of God. Because the only way as a church we're going to overcome the flesh, the only way that we're going to not fulfill the lust of the flesh is if we get in the Spirit, if we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of our hearts. It's the only way. Amen. You cannot, uh, you cannot get to heaven with just good intentions. None of us can just uh, kind of uh, meander through the pearly gates and say, well, you know, I really wanted to come here, but I I didn't really uh, want to follow everything that the Word of God said. Uh, But I I I have a good heart. I try to do nice things. And, you know, the the proverbial joke is that Peter stands at the gates and asks you, why do you deserve to be here? And we we respond back, well, you know, I was a good person all of my life, and I followed everything that was in the Word of God. But did you have the Spirit of God on the inside? Did you have the spirit on the inside? Because if you do not have the spirit of God, amen, you and your of your own being cannot overcome, amen, the, uh, the nature that's inside of you, that, that beast that's down on the inside. Without the spirit of God, without being able to speak in tongues as the, as the initial evidence of that you receive the Holy Ghost, you are going to constantly come up against a wall and a barrier in your life. And you're going to wonder, how am I going to be able to overcome this barrier? How am I going to be able to get, uh, as we saw earlier on the illustration slide, how am I going to be able to cut off the works of the flesh? How am I going to be able to overcome the, the sinful, wicked nature in me that wants to run to a, uh, to a philander, that wants to run into promiscuity, that, that wants to run to lying and to cheating and, and to doing all those things? How am I going to overcome? It's by being filled with the Holy Ghost. When my father, and I, I tell all the stories of my father because I've heard it all my life over and over again. And I loved it and it's been ingrained in me and it's power because I have to go through the things that my father did. But my, my father tells the story when he, first came to, when he first came back to God. He first came back to God. Amen. Living a life of sin. And, when, and God uh, began to deal with his girlfriend at the time, which was my mother. And God filled with the Holy Ghost. And she got baptized. And she began to, she began to tell my, my dad, uh, Alex, I'm gonna, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm going to live for God. I got baptized. Uh, 
I went to this church and, and they began to speak in tongues and I, and I got a hold of it. And, and my dad, uh, he, he began to hear what uh, his girlfriend was saying, my mom. And eventually he found, for the sake of time, he found himself in that same church just a short while later. And he began to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and God began to work in his life. But he realized, you know what, I've got a lot of old hangups in my life. I'm thankful that my father realized, you know, I can't do it by myself. I can't make it. I can't make it one day without him. Amen. Some of us, we fool ourselves thinking I can do it by myself. I can do it all by myself. I can do it with sheer human will and just sheer desire. Amen. But it takes something that supersedes you and I, our will. It takes something that supersedes all of the things and the programs of this world has to offer. It takes being filled with the Holy ghost and it was day after day my father told the story every time he got off work amen he'd find his way he'd make his way straight he'd make a beeline straight to the room at his house he'd lock the door and he'd pray and he'd cry and he'd talk in tongues he'd say god i've got to make it god i've got to make it i've got to be through the spirit if you don't feel me again today god i can't make it on my own i can't do it by myself I've got to walk in the Spirit. I've got to live. I've got to live in the Spirit. I've got to be filled with the Spirit. But what is the Spirit? Is it something new? Is it something that I made up? Is it something that I got off the Internet? Is it something that some uh, some person in a far-off place in an exotic land came up and is, as he had an epiphany? No. It's been in existence, the Spirit of God from the beginning of time. And even the Old Testament prophet began to prophesy in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 10. He said it like this to prophet Isaiah. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Here a little and there a little. As you begin to allow God to speak into your life, even on this Sunday morning, and you say, God, I'm going to receive that. And you say, God, I, I want, I, I take that for my life. That's here a little. And if you take it, you say, God, I'll take a little bit of that. God says, here's a little, there's a little. Here's a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. If you want some, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some revelation. If you want more, there's more. But every time it comes your way, you've got to say, God, I'm reaching out and I'm embracing it. It's line upon line. It's precept upon precept. It's here a little and there a little. And for somebody here today, it may be here's a little bit more. And we're not trying to tear down all the foundations you've built up in your life. And no doubt there's been there's people here today that have uh, have heard many great sermons and illustrations outside of the Bible Life Center. You've got a foundation, but I'm going to add a little bit more to your understanding this morning. I'm going to add a little bit more, just like the prophet Isaiah said. It's uh, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. Here's a little, and there's a little. But who wants a little bit more today? Anybody in this place, I, I want a little bit more of him today. I've got to have a little bit more of God today. And to the person that desires a little bit more, Isaiah said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To this people. With stammering lips and another tongue. Amen. Not the tongue you learned from your mama. Not the tongue you learned in your homeland. Not the tongue you learned from dad. Not the tongue you learned from your uncles. But it's another tongue. It's another tongue. It's to speak in other tongues. Amen. And the Bible says in Isaiah to whom he said, This is the rest. This 
wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. If there's anybody in this place today that you're weary from searching for God, that you're weary, amen, from trying to find solutions to your problems, and you say, I haven't been able to find rest. I've been wearing myself searching this world for a little bit of pleasure, for a little bit of enjoyment, a little bit of excitement. Amen. I'm weary. The Bible says this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. But the word of God says that the spirit of God is going to be that refreshing that comes into a person's life. If you find yourself today, say, I'm wore out. Man, I'm weary. Man, I'm exhausted. Man, I, I've been searching. Man, I, I, there's something missing in my life. You know, as a young, as a young person, you guys are going to want to have, a, when you get older, a lot of riches. You're going to want to be wealthy. And that's a good thing, to want to prosper in life. But one thing that you, you'll find, and let's say God blesses a Caleb or an Elijah, and, and, and they're beyond wealthy, and they're paying tithe month of a million dollars. Well, we all love to have that. And if you reach that, that pinnacle or that, that place of existence without God, you're going to realize, you know what? This money doesn't mean a hill of beans. This money has brought me a lot more problems than it's brought me good. And you're going to, you're, you, you'll soon realize, you know what? The only thing that matters in this world is him. Because you can have a million, $10 million coming in a month to your bank account, and you can be having jet skis and, and ski boats and, and taking exotic trips and going all over the world, and you're going to find an emptiness in this world that, that this world cannot heal. And there's still going to be something you that says, uh, if I just travel this far land, if I just experience this relationship, if I just experience this, uh, this, uh, this uh, temporary thrill in my life, maybe I'll have something. But the Spirit of God is rest for the weary. It's refreshing to the thirsty. Oh, let's lift our hands and give it praise today. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. 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 It is the only way. It is the only way that we can move forward in this life. It's the only way that we can overcome our flesh. There's a whole lot of things that we'll struggle with, that we'll deal with. And even uh, Jesus himself, before he ascended into heaven, he left this earth. He began to talk to his disciples and said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I know I'm going away, but, but I'm going to be with you. And they probably began to wonder, well, what, what are you talking about? You're leaving, but you're with us. That's kind of a nice, you know. That makes me feel good, but what does that look like? What does that, how, how can you uh, uh, fully grasp what it means when he's leaving? And we're seeing him get ready to leave and ascend into heaven. And we're never going to see him again. But he said, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to be with you. And he said, I'm going to send a comforter. And he said, wait, go into Jerusalem and tarry there. He told his disciples, go wait in Jerusalem. When I'm leaving, but I'm going to come back. And in the meantime, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. This this Jewish people understood that, you know, we are people of promise. There's something great that God has in store for us. But I'm going to tell you today, throughout the generations of of time, throughout the generations of the Hebrews' existence, I bet within their minds they wonder, what is that promise? What is that fulfillment? What is the promise of God? And suddenly Jesus, the Messiah, comes along and says, go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. I'm going to come. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send a comforter. 
And then we find ourselves right smack in the very beginning of the book of Acts. Amen. The Bible says that some great things begin to happen. Amen. They begin to pray. They begin to seek God. And uh, this, this, was, this was going on in the book of Acts, the early church's existence. And those people, those people that uh, heard his command, heard his voice, that saw him go up, and, and others that heard the command that Jesus said, you know, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was Matthew, the, the, uh, the disciple that came and found Mary and said, Mary, you got to know what Jesus told me. We saw him leave it today. He did, yeah. He took, he was, he ascended into the clouds. What did he say? What did he say, Matthew? He said, we're all supposed to go to Jerusalem and we're supposed to wait there because the promise of the Father is going to come. Okay, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to just do what I know to do, what I understand to do. And the Bible begins to give us the roll call of those people, those people that were there uh, tearing in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 13, we begin to see a roll call. And when they were coming, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman. That's plural. The women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, was there in the book of Acts in that upper room. The highly esteemed, favored of God woman, the mother, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the one that bore Jesus as a virgin. And the Holy Ghost had overshadowed that, 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 that beautiful woman, that great woman. But even Mary herself was there in the book of Acts in that upper room following the command of Jesus to wait for the promise of the Father. The Virgin Mary and all the disciples were there in that upper room. And the Bible says that Peter stood up and he began to preach a gospel message. And the Bible says, amen, in chapter number 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all, amen, Mary was there, James and John, Matthew and Simon and Judas and James, and on down the line, they were all there with one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Amen. And today God wants to fill this house in its entirety with the Spirit. And God wants to fill your house, your vessel, with His Spirit. Amen. If it was good enough for Matthew, if it was good enough for James, if it was good enough for John, if it was good enough for Bartholomew, if it was good enough for Simon and for Judas, and if it was good enough for the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, hey, honey, it's good enough for me. I'll take a little bit more of the cup of the spirit of life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands in this place. Hallelujah. God had a divine plan, vision for the church, for the 12 disciples, for the 120 that was in the upper room. But he, Jesus himself realized 
The only way that my disciples can actually do what I've taught them to do for the last three and a half years, the only way they can do what I've been teaching them and telling them to do, the only way they can do is they've got to obey my word and they've got to go to that upper room and they've just got to wait there and they've got to pray. They've got to get in one accord and here today in this place we've come, we've gathered, we've come from all over the San Joaquin Valley and we've gathered together and we're in one accord and we're hearing the priest's word of God and God's spirit's moving. The work's going forth. And the next thing we got to do is say, God, let us be filled with your spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to speak in tongues as the spirit of God gives the ability. And every time you receive the Holy Ghost, every time, amen, you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in other tongues. The Bible says in verse number 4 of chapter 2, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I was mentioning uh, just a couple of minutes ago that the only way that the church could accomplish what it needed to accomplish was that they would go to Jerusalem. They would pray. They would get in one mind, one accord. But ultimately, they would receive the Spirit of God on the inside. The only way that they could evangelize all of Asia two and a half years ago was they have to get full of the Holy Ghost and say, God, fill us all up. Every one of us. Amen. I went to God this place. Everybody in this house this morning. Amen. Lift up their hands and begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the ability. Hallelujah. 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 God's going to do it this morning. Amen. God's going to do it this morning. Amen. If there's anybody here today that says, I want a little bit more. I want a little bit more. I want it like Isaiah said. Uh, precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. I want a little bit more of him. I'm not trying to shoot down, amen, your background. I'm not trying to shoot down how you was brought up. I'm simply trying to add a little bit more to your understanding. It's here a little and there a little. Oh, I worship you, Lord. Oh, let's throw our hands in the air and let's lift up a shout of praise in this place. Come on, let's lift up our hands and lift up a shout of praise. Shout to God. Shout to God with the voice of trial. Come on, I need somebody to lift their voice. If you believe what I'm preaching, amen. If you if you agree with the word of the Lord, I want you to lift your voice out loud. Come on, Jesus, I love you. Come on, Jesus, I worship you in faith. I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe your word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you believe God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost this morning, I want you to clap your hands with all of your might for a few moments. Come on. I believe God can do it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We've preached this a thousand times. And we'll preach it 2,000 times if the Lord tarries. But in the book of Acts, chapter number 2 and verse 38, the Apostle Peter, amen, the first pope, stood up, amen. He began to preach. He began to preach the word of God. Peter, the one that God gave the keys to the kingdom to. Peter, the one that God said, Peter, I'm putting in your hand something that's 
in your hands, son. He said, I'm going to put something in your hands that's going to shake this world. This world's not going to know. They're not going to know what happened. But there is something that's so powerful, Peter. And Peter stood up and he began to preach. And the Bible says after Peter preached that the the people that day, the, the crowd, the, the people that was listening, they began, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. They felt conviction. They felt like, man, this preacher's reading my mail. He's got my number. He's reading me up and down the line. He knows where I'm living. And the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. And they had a response. They said, men and brethren, what are we going to do now? And that question, maybe you're asking today. All right, now what do I do? Preacher, you've talked about the carnal nature, the flesh, and all the the things that I've got to deal with. Now you're talking about the spirit. Okay, what do I have to do? Men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And Peter, the one that a lot of people rag on and talk trash on. Peter, that presumptuous one, that one that was... First one to talk and first one to stand to his feet and blurt stuff out. God used that. God used that side of Peter. God again, God will use every God will use the, the things in your life. Amen. The quirks and the, and the funny things that you and I do. God can use that to, to reach somebody that nobody else can reach. And Peter stood up and he said, Repent. 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 Turn away. Turn around. Turn in the opposite direction. Repent of your sins. Repent. That was the first step Peter gave. We repent. We say, God, I'm not just sorry for what I've done, but I'm not going to do what I used to do. God, those carnal branches that popped up in my life, I'm repenting again. I'm cutting them off. I'm saying no to the flesh. I'm saying no to the devil. I'm saying no to the world. I'm going to repent of my sins. And the next step that Peter said was be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. Amen. The sins of your past, the sins of your youth, the things that you can't get off your tail and off your trail. Amen. Those things that follow you and they follow some of you this morning to church. Those can be buried in the waters of baptism when the name of Jesus is called over your life. It's be baptized in Jesus' name. And the final part of verse number 38 was ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus We want your spirit today in this place. I want us to talk to him for a few moments right now. Jesus, we need you. Come on, every every, every eye closed. Come on, let's talk to him right now. Jesus, I need you. I can't do it by myself. God, it's an uphill battle, God. God, it's it's a climb for me to to ascend to, to where you want me to go, God. I don't know if I got it in me to make it. I don't know if I got it in me to, to line up to the Word of God. I can't do it by myself. I need the Spirit of God. I need your power to work in my life. I need it, God. I need it, Lord. I need it today. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'd like us to all stand to our feet this morning as we this afternoon as we close this service today. And if the musicians could come. This gift of the Holy Ghost that the Apostle Peter talked about, that Isaiah the prophet prophesied about, this gift of the Holy Ghost is not just for the early church in the first century. This gift of the Holy Ghost is not just for for the the wasp or the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. This gift of the Holy Ghost is not just for the Jewish people. This gift of the Holy Ghost is not just for those, amen, that are perfect in all of their ways. This gift of the Holy Ghost is not just for one race over another, for one language over another, but this gift of the Holy Ghost is for everybody. This gift of the Holy Ghost is is not just for the Pentecostals. That may shock some of you today. This gift of the Holy Ghost is not just for the apostolics. But this gift of the Holy Ghost is for the Baptists. It's for the Roman Catholics. It's for the Mormons. It's for the Muslims. This gift of the Holy Ghost is for the Spanish-speaking. It's for the English-speaking. It's for the Chinese. It's for the the Indian-speaking. It's for everybody of every language. It's not even just for young people. It's for old people. It's for middle-aged people. It's for people from every walk of life. If Peter got it, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, got it, if Matthew of 28:19, Matthew got it. If Isaiah talked about it, if Peter preached about it, then what's wrong with me that I shouldn't have what everybody else in the scripture had? Hey, baby, I want what they had. I want the Holy Ghost, and I want it all. I want everything that God has in store. I want everything that God has for my life. And furthermore, I refuse to live in a lifestyle, in a state of not having the Holy Ghost. I refuse to walk, to live another day without speaking in tongues. I refuse to go on in my life without the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is for everybody. Just this last couple of services, God's been renewing people with the Holy Ghost. God's been doing it already in the last seven days. God's been renewing people with the Holy Ghost. There's been people all over the world receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's people just a, a few just a few months ago in the Philippines that received the Holy Ghost by the thousands. There's people even, we've heard many a testimony story in Papua New Guinea, in El Salvador, in Ethiopia, and in all throughout all the earth. People are receiving the Holy Ghost. The Dross family went to Mexico years ago, and the Holy Ghost was poured out in Mexico. Amen. Just a few years ago in Stockton, California, God filled over 300 people with the Holy Ghost in one single service. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost is only for the first church and not for me today. It's for whosoever will. Let him come. Let him come.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Just for a few moments right now. I'd like everybody to respect what I'm saying right now. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. And put your mind upon the Lord. Come on, keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. If you want the Holy Ghost today, you say, I haven't gotten a long time, or I've never received it in my life. I want the Holy Ghost. If you want the Holy Ghost today, keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. I want you to lift up a hand to the Lord. If you're in this place, you say, I want the Holy Ghost, Pastor. I want the Holy Ghost. I want you to keep your hand up. Come on. Is there anybody else in this place that says, I want the Holy Ghost, preacher. I want what you're talking about today. Come on, anybody else? Come on, God's going to give somebody the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning. I want us all to lift up our hands right now. And I want us to begin to worship God. I want us to begin to praise His name. I need somebody to help me this morning. 
in this place today. I want to ask one final question this morning, this afternoon now. We talked about repentance and the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody here just by chance? You say, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Anybody in this place says, you know what? I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want want to go down the water and have the name of Jesus called over my life. I want to be baptized. The Bible says that baptism is for the remission of sins. It's for the removal of sins. And the Bible says that we are buried with him in baptism. Baptism is a sign of being uh, identifying with the the burial of Christ. That's why we are fully covered in water. We're buried in water. And the name of Jesus that has all power is called upon our lives. And so if there's anybody here tonight today that says, you know, I want to be baptized. You can let, raise your hand right now or see me immediately after service. And we'll make a way, we'll make time, and we'll fill up the baptismal tank, and we'll baptize anybody that says, you know, I repent of my sins. I want to please God. I want all of my sins to be removed. And we will baptize you in Jesus' name. Is there anybody here this morning, this afternoon?
Anybody in this place? He already got baptized. Anybody else? All right, well, let's stand to our feet. We're going to dismiss in prayer. Amen. We want to take some time and say hello one to another, greet a neighbor. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this service this morning, for all that you've done, for your presence, your spirit, your power. We're asking you today, Lord, to go with us from this place. God, help us, Lord, as we go from this place, Lord, to go into a field of mission, God, and be able to reach our world. Use us this week on our jobs, in our homes, Lord, wherever we may go, to the supermarket, Lord, to be a witness and to be a light to our world. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to praying, to reading our Bible, and attendance to the house of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You are dismissed. Turn around and shake someone's hand. We'll see you back here on Wednesday night at 7.30. If you can come tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, for all church prayer, we'll see you tomorrow night. God bless you in Jesus' name.